Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Some of us have actually not done a great job of (laughs) being an adult. Like some of us have actually not done a great job of being an adult. How do I then leave a household where I am so vital. Yeah. Right? You're going at a hundred miles per hour yeah. in your journey and you think that everyone just needs to like come with you and come. Not everybody is able to go at the pace that you want to That's go. Good. Oh, you know, we're getting old. Of course you're going to stay around and take care of us. But do you know my desires, I my mean... plans, my needs? Hello and welcome to the To My Sisters podcast. I'm Renee. And I'm Courtney. And we are your online sisters and hosts of the To My Sisters podcast. Now we are all about promoting the wellness, growth and development of a community of sisters across the world. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about having controlling parents, how to gain your independence, set some boundaries and overcoming the guilt that comes with getting your distance. It's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a juicy one. Uh, Definitely going to preface this with we are not therapists. Okay, (laughs) this is commentary. So if you need therapy, go to betterhelp.com forward slash to my sisters. But talking about therapy, July vision challenge it's the end of july absolute insanity but um at least we can celebrate the year rushing past with another winner of a 100 pound prize exciting scene tell us tell us who's and we just want to say a big thank you to all the sisters that have entered the challenge we had some really moving stories about folks that had gone to um therapy and we just loved the volume of sisters that were taking their mental and psychological health really seriously this month so kudos to you um even though you may not have been chosen as a winner we just want to celebrate you we want to thank you and we want to hope that this is the start of something start of a journey if it's you know something that's new for you um that's beautiful and a beautiful journey if you are continuing um but without further ado we want to celebrate the sister that has won this month and that is Miss Maddie Klingen. Congratulations, sis. Well done, sis. Well done. Please, please, please keep your DMs and email open because we'll be in touch very soon to help you claim your prize. So well done. A hundred pounds will be entering your account very, very soon. Um, Congratulations for winning this month's prize. Congratulations. Um, And with that, we'll also be announcing August's next challenge. And in the spirit of the sponsored walk that we will be taking, we want to challenge you sisters to get in those steps. Now, if you have been watching either Courtney or myself, over the past few weeks we have been hot stepping (laughs) stepping 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 and we want to make sure that you have a physical and mental glow up as well and walking is actually one of the greatest ways that you can do that so in order to win a hundred pounds for the month of august we would like to see the sisters walk 10k steps for at least one week this month one week in a row one week in a row don't be coming out here exactly don't be coming out here with no choppy i did 10k (laughs) on this monday two weeks later i did 10k here we want to see consistency because that is the name of the game so sisters please 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 at us on instagram dm us some of your progress we want to see some hot steppers this month Mm -hmm. if you can get 10k steps 
every single day in a row for one week this month of August, then a hundred pounds could be going your way. Yeah, so please take a picture of your daily step count at the end of the day. Send it to us or tag us on Instagram and hashtag vision challenge. And at the end of the month, we will let you know who's won. We'll pick out random, please. It's not who I masses the most. As soon as you hit that 10K, you can fall to the it's ground. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, we will be picking uh, a winner and we hope that it will be you. So definitely participate. But talking about steps and like you mentioned, the sponsored walk. The sponsored walk is happening on August 20th. We have very, very few places so if you would like to join us here in London to do a sponsored walk for a school in Tanzania which we are volunteering at and doing a give back day whilst we are there then please check out the link in the description or the show notes and if you cannot participate but you are anywhere in the world and willing to give to such an amazing cause please again check out the just giving link in the description and in the show notes so that you can donate and share that link around to people as well we want to make as much money as possible raise as much money as possible for this school because that's what we do over here in this sisterhood okay giving so we hope that all those announcements have gone down well it's quite a few bits and bobs to do but you know we like to keep you guys actively involved but let's get into today's episode and we have a very relevant ding 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 okay dilemma let's Let's get into it Hey sisters, I have a dilemma. How do I get my mum to stop treating me like a child? I recently turned 23 and went on vacation with my mum to London. While I love her, I was a bit anxious about the trip because she can be a bit controlling slash smothering when it comes to me as her daughter. I've gotten used to loving her from a distance after going to college in a different city and moving across sorry I'm moving across the country for my job postgrad mm. so this trip to London was the first time in a while that we were in close proximity for a long period of time she's always been very opinionated about the way that I should or should not dress I had to sit back and silently listen to her unduly criticize my fashion sense growing up but now I don't have the patience for it mm. she's also always asking me about the basic things like have I showered have I eaten etc I know she just cares about me and feels like she needs to give me her two cents on everything as a parent Mm. but it's starting to drive me crazy I don't know how to address it directly so instead I have become passive aggressive which I hate I guess it's just hard for her to see how I've grown and developed mentally and emotionally over the past five years Mm. since I look more or less the same physically hashtag babyface gang how do I respectfully have this conversation and set some boundaries with my African mother thank you so much in (laughs) advance exclamation mark wow <laughs> what an excellent dilemma and it's an excellent dilemma because i think a lot of people can relate yeah. you know when you get to your coming of age when you get 18 19 20 yeah. and even well into adulthood yeah um particularly when you come from an ethnic family mm. it can be really difficult to stand your ground and really can be quite difficult to be seen as an adult Mm. and I just want to preface by saying I'm glad that you can see that you know your mom still loves you and that it's not coming from a place of intentionally wanting to harm you Mm. um and that you know she genuinely cares for you and part of the challenge on her perspective um, sorry part of the challenge on her side is seeing her child grow up and I think for a lot of mothers that may be listening in for example um you know seeing your daughter or your son grow up and having to deal with that um is really challenging it's really hard um because you grow to love somebody as they are and grow to love them as they grow and Mm. you come to designate yourself as your caretaker Mm. for life that can be very difficult to kind of 
you know, um, disassociate from once they start to get into a place of self-sufficiency. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to preface with that because this is going to be tricky and I won't pretend and say that, you know, this is going to be, it's just going to be a conversation and then things are going to be fine because most likely it will not happen. <laughs> I would definitely say start with conversations and start by opening up a little bit more to your mother. I think you might be pleasantly surprised um, at the way that she receives things, mm. um, but start little and often. I think, again, we're dealing with a generation that is very dif different to yours, right? And I think what's cool about our generation is we tend to be a lot more kind of like open, honest, mm. upfront, transparent mm. because we've been given the space and um, the capacity to do yeah. so. Whereas the generation before us, they have very different ideal ideals, values, um, different ways of dealing with things. Yeah. And the older you get, I don't want to say that people don't have the capacity to change, but it can be quite difficult to change the older you get because you can't, you do become a little bit more set so in your nice. ways and your experiences, the way that you read them, the yeah. pro you process them and the way that you engage with them becomes a little bit more set in stone. Mm. So I wouldn't be discouraged or disheartened if it takes a while. And I would say prepare yourself for this to take a while, that this will be various different conversations. This will be various different interactions in which you have to communicate that you are no longer a child. And I think what's also made this a little bit more complicated is the fact that you obviously you've been distant, you've gone away, you've done your growing process, but your mother has not actually seen that side of your development essentially so with you being away for a period of time in her mind you come back and especially the fact that you pointed out that you look the same to her you're always like you still look like her child and you will always be her child in her mind um so I think it's about having those little conversations those interactions where you kind of communicate you know mother I'm an adult now, like I'm actually an adult. Um, whether it be in those interactions, rather than being passive aggressive, try and be a little bit more directive um, and also try to do it with more kindness. So framing it as a, I know my mother loves me and she still sees me sees herself as my primary caregiver how can I show her that whilst I love her and whilst I appreciate the care I've actually become an adult and I've matured um that should be your framing when you engage with her to kind of undercut that passive aggression because passive aggression usually results as um a means to like deal with and process the fact that you're very unhappy with the situation and you don't feel like there's a direct outlet I say that you should probably try and force yourself to directly communicate it but try and communicate it in a way that will be received well you know your mother better than the world knows your mother <laughs> you've literally been 23 years mm. on this earth as much as she knows you and as much as she's been looking after you you probably know your mother better than we could and probably know your mother better than quite a few people yeah. would in terms of um this kind of advice. So I would say little and often interactions um, and find opportunities to not necessarily prove yourself, but signal that you are an adult, right? Like what are the kind of like key things that you might be doing to show or demonstrate that, ah, okay, this girl is no longer uh, a young, <laughs> a young spring chicken, as it were. Mm. Um, and this doesn't necessarily have to be things that are quite controversial, especially when I'm thinking of like African mothers and whatnot. You, you don't have to be wearing a mini skirt or like, obviously, if you want to do your thing. But that's not the, the way that you'd communicate that you are maturing. Mm. It's more so in the interactions. It's more so what you choose to do on a daily basis when you're around her. It's more so the way that you engage with her. Mm. Those are the kind of like hallmarks or signals that you might want to lean into when it comes to mm. trying to um, get buy-in from your mother that you yeah. are an adult. 
um, taking on a little bit more responsibility, for example, maybe supporting her with a couple of things and asking her about, you know, her day and asking her stories about her life when she was um, adulting as well. One of the things that I do frequently with my mother actually is kind of ask her. So, you know, when you were my age, what were some of the things that you were going through or, you know, hearkening into some of the experiences that she had at the different um life cycles and the life stages that she was at just to create more of a bonding experience um so I would actually use this as an opportunity for closeness for Mm. intimacy building um but with that framing in mind yeah but yeah I've chatted that's really good no (laughs) I think that's that's completely spot on I think it's tough because like you said your mum sees you differently to the way you may have seen yourself having gone away and kind of retreated and gained your distance um but I do think the first initial thing is just to be like mom I really appreciate your guidance on this like I really appreciate your input and stuff but I'm kind of going to do what I want like I'm I'm going and sometimes I went through this situation with my mom which was very much like a anyway to be very fair from young my parents knew I was the rebel middle child mm. I am the rebel mm-hmm. like I don't care um but I think having that conversation which was you know what like I really appreciate your advice and I love you and I know that you love me um and getting them maybe not even dictating it to them and expressing it to them but getting them to express to you okay why mom why do you feel like you have to keep asking me these Mm. things like is it because you know is there something in me that you're noticing are you just worried about me um do you not trust me like what why do you keep asking me things like have I showered have I eaten stuff like that mum like I'm taking care of myself you taught me well you raised me well um and I've gone on to be doing well as an adult as a young adult I still love your guidance I still need your guidance Mm -hmm. um but you kind of have to let me spread my wings here and I think especially with African parents having an African mother myself um it can be hard for them to hear because it's like ah my daughter growing (laughs) up And, you know, there's a degree of flying the nest, which is can induce quite a bit of anxiety, but also requires a lot of relinquishing of control. And Mm. as much as our parents may not, I think we see this word of control, which is why I want to talk about this topic this episode. I think we see this word of control and think it's negative all the time, but a lot of it is very much so protective Mm. and a way that people display affection to us but sometimes it can easily become smothering and it can easily become almost condescending Mm. once you've reached a certain age where you feel like there are certain things in my life which I can govern and so I think the best advice really is to sit down and be like mom let's actually talk through talk through you where your head is at right now and like try and gain understanding and compassion for why you keep doing this and why you keep acting this way um because I don't I think from your dilemma as well it's clear that it's not necessarily from a place of like meanness or your mum like being aggressive towards you it's more so mothering she's just trying to mother you um and that can easily become smothering because Mm. you're grown what you did there I see what you did there okay (laughs) because you're grown now um and 23 is grown it's independence but in our parents eyes Mm. I'm not gonna lie 23 (laughs) is not it's not big girl it's not not (laughs) you gotta hit like 25 25 26 Uh, to be fair I don't think your parents think you're grown until you've moved out Uh, like I really uh, don't think your parents think you're grown until you have moved out until then it's Go and buy plantain. Go and do exercise. Go and clean You'll be this. working and, remotely. They They'll be like, I need damn. you to go and get some pepper. Can you go and make some soup? <laughs> I'm currently on a Zoom meeting. Okay. Tell your Bruh. friends you say bye. Your Can you imagine? You 
like, I'm having a meeting with my boss. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> hello, sir. My daughter needs to go and make um, some soup. And it's like, obviously, it's not that blunt. <laughs> but at the same time, the suggestion is, I'm, I'm the rule maker here. That is so funny. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and it can be tough. But I guess in, in your case, you've moved away during your postgrad and stuff. And I think it's also a way that our parents can initiate closeness with us again once they do get us back in their space. So mm. it can be very much like they're trying to replicate what it was like when you were living with them. Um, but unfortunately dynamics have changed and so um, sometimes you just have to have that conversation and set boundaries with your mother or your parents by just saying hey like I don't live here like I I actually don't live here or I don't I I'm not a kid anymore and sometimes people can take that on the chin and on the nose as oh that's rude that's blunt but also that's the reality Mm. like as I'd be joking with my parents sometimes and I'm like, I'm grown. <laughs> I need y'all to know that I'm grown yep. <laughs> and I don't mm-hmm. live here anymore. <laughs> so um, I think keeping that as a reminder as well, as jovial as it can be expressed, like I would personally just make it clear and make it known to them that like, I'm not a baby anymore. Right. Um, as much as this baby face is here, I'm not a baby anymore. And like, I really appreciate the way that I have been raised and what you have taught me. I need you to let me have some independence here to be able to demonstrate just how much I've learned and how much I've grown um and it can seem awkward but you gotta do it sorry (laughs) it will be overcome like it will actually be overcome like your parents can't disown you because you told them I'm grown now. Like I, I don't want to engage with you in this kind of and way. It's to be so, it's expected. Exactly, to be and they, the thing is, they went through the exact same thing. So I think having those conversations and those vulnerable conversations where you get to know your mom's story and the way that she, you, what she experienced when she was your age and stuff like that, may give you insight not only into why she's been acting this way, but it may give her insight into the fact that she may be replicating patterns which happened in her life, or she may actually be denying you the freedom that she had at that age um it just it just allows you to see each other more so as human and I feel like it creates a different context to the conversation other than this same dynamic that you've been experiencing of her kind of dictating to you or constantly kind of undermining you in terms Mm -hmm. of asking you certain questions I think if you kind of level the playing field in terms of let's actually just talk for a second and get to see where each other like where we're both at um and stuff like that I think that would also kind of diffuse the situation a little bit um I get the whole passive aggressive this is the last thing I'll say I get the whole passive aggressive thing but I do think you need to kind of tenderize your heart a little bit with the the understanding you do have which is your mom loves you and she's just trying to express that love and it is currently Mm. in an annoying way but just temper it a little bit because I think with passive aggression it can easily become pent-up anger Mm. and like if you're not careful with then you then unleash it and it's like ah you kind of have ruined a relationship and that's when you get into the arguments you get into the bickering um you get into a place where you're unable to receive love and you're unable to receive affection because everything is being perceived as offense if that makes sense so Mm -hmm. I I do think it's important to kind of just temper yourself a little bit which is why this kind of conversation that you need to have with your mom needs to happen sooner rather than later um just so that you can you can deal with that and you can kind of release those feelings as well whilst they are very warranted and valid I don't think they are very helpful to this situation so try and nip that in the bud not just by self-regulating but by actually having the necessary conversation so yeah that's what I'd say I hope that that is helpful that's what 
we would advise. But sisters, we want you to chime in on the dilemma. We know all of you have a plethora of life experiences mm-hmm. that you could bring wisdom from. And so hit us up in the comments, talk, give our sister some advice, okay? And if you are listening to the podcast on any other streaming platforms, it's all right. You can come over to YouTube, it's open. Come on. It's there, you know, even on Instagram, you can talk to us. But let's get into the conversation. And this mm-hmm. dilemma fits very, very well into talking about controlling parents and dealing with guilt i've been getting a few dms recently and we've been Mm -hmm. getting a few dilemmas which basically are talking about how you know people out here trying to make life decisions and they're trying to grow anglo as you will um and the thing that is holding them back isn't necessarily toxic friends toxic partners even toxic habits Mm -hmm. that they have within themselves Mm -hmm. but instead it's their parents it's their guardians it's their caregivers Mm -hmm. it's their current gatekeepers Mm -hmm. um and even though obviously the sisters are a multitude of ages some of them be grown Grown. and still dealing with this issue and as two people who recently moved out of their mother's houses um we we wanted to chime in i wanted to chime in about how to gain independence how to set boundaries um but also how to deal with the guilt Mm. that comes with distancing yourself Mm. right Mm. and so the first place i wanted to start because we've kind of talked about this in the eldest daughter syndrome um place but how do you decipher when your dynamic with your parents has gone from being caregivers, guardians, okay, you guys are like the ones who are guiding me and training me in the way I need to go. Yep. How do you decipher that from now you guys are being controlling mm. and it's quite toxic? Yeah. How, what's the line? Because I do think it's important, sorry, not me answering for you. I, the reason why I asked this, I think it's important to not just throw the baby out of the bathwater because I do think there's a position that our parents must occupy in mm. our lives. Um as long as you know they are the ones they're not perfect but they are the ones who have raised us they are the ones who our lives have been entrusted with um from an early stage and so if we are still doing life with them you know when we get to 18 20 25 Mm. um surely something has gone right to a degree and so whilst they still occupy that position of parent and we need to honor that how do we also draw the line of now y'all are doing too much? Entirely too much. That is a great question. Um, and I think I'm going to start with the perspective of the parent because I think sometimes it's easy to kind of jump in with the, you know, I've reached this age, therefore I'm ready to be an independent woman and go yeah. about my business and ETC. And it's like, oh, honey, no. Um, I think mm-hmm. as a parent mm-hmm. and f- from having conversations with both my mother and my father, I can now understand why parents can sometimes come across as controlling or Mm. why they can sometimes feel as though like I still want to have a huge say in, you know, my daughter's life. And it's actually very understandable. You know, you've given up quite a substantial part of your life, um, your resources, your emotional, mental, physical, everything, well-being to ensure that this tiny human has grown and flourished into a whole human and it can be really tough and yes this is work that they have to do on their part but it can be really tough to let go of the reins and kind of give the opportunity for your child to really like become independent and I think that to kind of cover our parents with some grace some of us have actually not done a great job of (laughs) being 
Okay, an adult like okay. some of us have actually not done a great job of being an adult mm. and i can understand that for some parents it's not even necessarily because they want to be narcissistic because mm. i think we use that word quite a lot yeah, right that good. our parents are being narcissistic yeah. or they're trying to project and all yeah. that kind of stuff but it's kind of like maybe we should also do some reflection and think about have we actually like shown to our parents or demonstrated to our parents that we're actually capable of this self-sufficiency yeah. that we crave and i get that there's a place where our parents have to kind of like give us a little for us to be able to show a little right there's a negotiation that occurs so thinking about these standardized ages of like 18 and 20 and whatnot those are the ages whereby okay parents need to give a little in Mm. order to um, allow us to show a little but some of us have actually not done a great job of being an adult in Mm. their eyes or some of us are still kind of like trying to capitalize off of the fact that our parents are caregivers in very certain instances but then block them from having some kind of say or like engagement in other areas so i know obviously it's a privilege for us to have like moved out but then for other folks it's kind of like they may be still in their parents houses they may be still like um relying on their parents in some way whether it's financially mentally mentally or emotionally and sometimes if you haven't cultivated the right boundaries or started having the conversations it can be a real like it can be really jarring to like, I'm now, I'm being your caretaker for 18 years. I'm literally paying for everything. I am doing the emotional and mental work. I'm literally doing everything for this person. Of course, it's going to be hard for me to transition to you. You're an adult when you've actually done nothing that would quantify you as an adult. Like there's nothing that you've done that's actually been like, mm. I can trust that you will be self-sufficient or that mm. I can trust that once given the opportunity, you'll actually be a demonstrable adult Mm. having said that however Mm. on the other side of the fence there are definitely some parents and a lot of parents that we can use the label of narcissistic Mm. or there's a lot of parents who are you know projecting a lot onto their kids Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of parents where it's like okay i get that you know you're my caregiver and you're supporting me in certain realms in certain ways Mm. however the non-negotiable fact is eventually i'm going to have to be self-sufficient and eventually i need to have the opportunity to actually you know redress my boundaries i need to have the opportunity to um be an adult so i think it's a almost like a chicken and egg situation as opposed to uh we should expect our parent well part of it is that we should expect our parents to kind of give us some leeway but it is a chicken and egg situation in the sense of sometimes we can kind of like go for this snap oh i'm 18 i'm 20 i'm whatever age and expect our parents to kind of like transition immediately Mm. but i think sometimes we should actually cover our parents with a little bit of grace by understanding their perspective too doesn't mean that it's necessarily right in fact more times it's wrong (laughs) it's actually entirely wrong um (laughs) But it does mean that the understanding gives birth to compassion. It does mm. give, give birth to better conversations. And mm. it also diminishes the rise of, as you were saying, in the dilemma, pent up anger, passive aggression. A lot of things simply need to be done with compassion when yeah. we reach that that period of time. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of finding the right distinction between controlling versus caregiving. Yeah. I think personally, that's always going to be something of negotiation. Always. Mm. Because being a parent... You're a parent for life. You will Mm. always have somebody that is, you know, your offspring and Mm. child, at least in name. Like this is somebody you've actually given birth to or this is somebody that you are mother, father, whatever to. What's difficult is understanding where the caregiving needs to transform. So caregiving becomes controlling because it hasn't matured yet or it hasn't transformed as necessary in accordance to the life cycle of a person. Mm. So when you're younger, caregiving very much looks like 
emotional, mental, financial, this is a tiny human that you are taking care of. Yeah. When you hit adulthood, caregiving transforms mm. and it becomes more, okay, I've given them the principles they need to yeah. govern their life. Yeah. I need to sit back yeah. and offer them care when they need it right. or when they when communicate they yeah. it, right, when they come. So it's less of a directive role and more of a subsidiary role. Mm. And I think for a lot of parents, it's really difficult for them to transition alongside with that. Yeah. And I think for us and understanding that distinction when we get older, because I think sometimes we also think that, yep, we've become an adult, therefore that transition is automatic. Actually, it's in pieces and it's a constant negotiation. Mm. So it might be, okay, you've moved out, therefore caregiving transforms. It might be, you're going to college now, caregiving needs to transform. Mm. It might be a different experience, caregiving needs to transform. I think that it's necessary for us to have proactive conversations with our parents on the horizon of these experiences to talk about their caregiving and to talk about needs versus um, what they want to actually give you, right? And I think it can be difficult because we just expect, okay, this has happened, so my parents should adjust. Mm. Or vice versa, where, you know, this has happened to my child or this has happened to my um, daughter, son, whatever, therefore this needs to transform. I think what it needs to underpin these transitions is A, Transparent conversations about the necessary needs, transparent conversations about what has worked well and what you would like right. moving forward um, and see time. Mm. I think we don't give ourselves, give our parents and give ourselves enough time to actually work through these transitions. Right. It's going to be naughty and it's yeah. going to be awkward and uncomfortable. You can't just go and explode to people and be like, mom, you're controlling, dad, you're controlling and think that things are just going to happen. They will slap you. They will beat you. <laughs> what? They will beat you or they will see it as an affront. They'll take it as an offense. Yeah. And vice versa in the same way that when sometimes your parents engage with you and they just say, this is how it is, obviously you're going to be like, uh, it's not going to work yeah. like that. So it's one of those piecemeal processes of once you've had an experience that transforms the nature of your needs as a child. And I don't mean child in the sense of you're a child, but yeah. as a child, as in your daughter, somebody, there we go. As an offspring of somebody else, once you come across these experiences that transform your needs, you need to be very proactive about um, communicating your caregiving needs so that caregiving does not turn controlling. Mm. So when you are going to, you're on the brink of university or if you're in university, you need to start having those conversations with your parents ASAP, being like, hey, look, I'm an adult here, signposting. Mm. When you're on the brink of moving out or if you're on the brink of thinking about, you know, different things that you want to do in your life, different experiences, approach your parents less so as caregivers and more so as advisors. Mm. So really, um, thinking about ways that you can incorporate them into your life decisions, which kind of give them a flavor as to how you want them to interact with you. Yes. So I think about like some examples for me when I was thinking about moving out, it wasn't necessarily like a mom, I'm moving out. There's nothing you can yeah. say to dissuade me. It was more of a mom. I'm thinking about moving out. I would love to hear some of your advice on like, you know, navigating uh, the renting market, um, some of the things that you wish that you knew when you were moving out, um, also some of your hesitations, yeah. how is this going to affect you? Yeah. So really treating your parents less so just as parents and caregivers, but as advisors, as yeah. human beings, as people that can be come to with a wealth of wisdom, because at the end of the day, they are your parents, they do have some wisdom, mm -hmm. but it's all about navigating that transitory role in the meantime mm -hmm. that is given rise to as a result of some of the experiences that mark our adulthood. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that's what I would say about navigating that distinction, really about that communication, that trust, that transformation of the relationships that we have with our parents in these interactions um, and these experiences before they become controlling. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think that yeah, treating your parents like advisors, I think they'll naturally just find themselves in that role the more that you make demands on that side of them. Um, I do think, however, and it was something that you said earlier about um, you haven't really shown your parents that like you're good at adulting, right? So why would they really treat you like an adult? I do think there is something to say for those people who, I don't know, something about like I'm not a parent, so please hear what I'm saying with a grain of salt. I do think because your children are supposed to be dependents on you, obviously to a certain extent and to a certain degree, um, there can sometimes be this toxic habit of, well, as long as I'm providing for you, I have control over you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't think it should necessarily sit that way just because your children are supposed to be dependent on you. And so I think it's more so like a sitting in the role. And again, I'm not a parent, but sitting in this kind of understanding of, okay, I am meant to provide for you, but at the same time I'm providing for you, I'm meant to be letting you gain freedom. Like I'm meant to be picking you up when you fall down. I'm meant to be there for when you mess up. And it's more so just, it's a selfless thing, right? It's not transactional, um, I provide for you, therefore you give me this control. It's I've got to provide for you and still relinquish some control over to you at the same time. Um, but I do think that 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 is, again, to a certain extent, because at a certain point in your life, you have to actually start taking the front seat of your your life. And I think for a lot of people, the responsibility that comes with adulthood um, can be very intimidating, of course. Mm. However, you can't just relinquish all of those responsibilities onto your parents because it is intimidating and not think that they're going to see you as unable to be independent. And so I think that then um, leads to a good conversation about how do you practically gain independence from your parents? Um, not just emotionally not just space like space but actually how do you gain independence in all facets of your adulthood because some of us just be too highly dependent and the reason why I say that is not necessarily a bad thing but we think we're independent because Mm. we're on these self-growth journeys Mm. and stuff like that but really in the areas where it counts to our parents it's they don't care about how many journals and books you read. <laughs> they don't care about this, these amazing podcasts you're listening to. What they're looking at is what's your employment status? Mm. Are you actually able to pay bills? What what's your work career saying? Have you got things? What ha, what are your decision making skills like? Right? Who are the people you have around you in your life? What's your relationship status like? They may be looking at other signals to determine whether you can be independent. Whereas we may be seeing it as I am mature in mind. Okay, but you're not mature in anything else. You know, mm-hmm. just because you're mature in mind and you're mature in body doesn't mean you're mature there are workings out, there are fruits of maturity, which you may not be displaying. And so some of us think just because we can school our parents on certain things, Mm. we are somehow mature and can live outside of them. But if your parents were then to take away the roof that you have over your head, where would you kind of be? And that's not shade, but it's more so they may be thinking in the sense of, 
we're providing for you something which is very necessary, right? And this is for more so for the sisters who may still be living at home. Um, but I do want to talk about gaining independence when you can't move out mm. and gaining independence when you can. Sure, sure. Yeah. Great, great distinctions. Um, so in terms of gaining independence when you are still living with your yeah. parents, I think that it's a tricky one because I genuinely believe that distance makes the heart grow so much fonder. It really, agree. <laughs> really makes the heart grow so much fonder. fonder. Um, so I think what you have to leverage in that situation is close proximity. Mm. If you are constantly in the space with your parents or constantly around your parents, then you actually have to make the effort to repair relationships if they are damaged in some way or transform relationships if you would like to move it in a different area or a different place. So that means that if you are, you know, constantly around your parents, maybe actually engage with them right. and maybe like do things proactively to be around them to signal that you are an adult. Maybe take your parents out for lunch if you can or dinner, like the simple things that you would do with, say, um, siblings or like friends and stuff like that. Maybe think about reverse courting your parents in some way just to demonstrate that it's not constantly them that has to initiate engagement with you, but you also in initiate an engagement with them because... One thing that I found in conversation with my parents and also just reflecting with some of my friends that are parents is a lot of parents like hanging out with their kids. Yeah. Like they want to feel as though they're a part of their kid's life. And I think sometimes we can do this thing where it's like, oh, I'm so sick of my parents, which is fair because some parents are mad overbearing and it's like, I need to be away from you. Mm. But it's less so about being overbearing and more so about being intentional in the way that you spend time with them and being very... Um, directive about how you spend time and who you are when you spend time with them mm. if you're constantly depending on them to take you out for like dinners and stuff like that or for like shopping trips not to say you know if you can't take your parents shopping obviously do your thing but you know do something an activity with your parents that allows you to demonstrate that okay i can hold the reins for this you know sometimes like when i was still um, living with my parents, you know, take them out for lunch, um, go on walks with them, have conversations with them. That kind of intentional reverse courting of your parent gives them an opportunity to be exposed to you as an adult, as opposed to having to interact with you, uh, you know, come down, it's time for dinner or like all the things that they would do when you're a kid, right? Mm. Um, so create spaces for interactions with your parents constantly or mm. like as you can that demonstrate that you are actually transitioning or that you are changed or gives them an opportunity to see you in a different light and even within that try to again have conversations with them around you know some of the things that they were doing at you know their life stages I think the stories of our parents as annoying as some of them can be um, and as frustrating as our parents can be sometimes hearing their stories allows you to also humanize them mm. and I think one of the reasons why it can be difficult for us to have relationships with our parents is we only see them as parents yeah. or only as mother but you know this person was also Anna something mm. this person is somebody's daughter um wife or partner friend and we rarely get the opportunity to hear from them how they have you know played out their um roles yeah. in those spaces so give them an opportunity if they're open or at least start opening the door of like you know mom what were you doing when you were 20 or like you know those kind of conversations and i think you'll be surprised at some of the mm -hmm. things that you'll hear about your parents like i used to clap my mom so much about some of the uh fashion choices and the things <laughs> that she was doing at my age i was like mom screaming. you wore these flare trousers uh, girl no they're making a comeback so yeah, they really you are. know <laughs> yeah she's been she's been up on my neck she's like they're making a comeback <laughs> Every um, fashion has a life cycle that is yeah. just completely 
um, always coming back back to full circle. But those kind of interactions are really important. And also where you can, I know that it's not easy for everybody, but making some kind of like contribution to the household is mm. also a really good way to signpost that, hey, things are changing. Mm. So it might be if you can maybe contributing to a bill here or there. It might be, you know, maybe contributing to a couple of things around the house just to show that you two have ownership. Um, I know there's some like controversies on like social media around should parents charge kids rent and stuff like that. Um, I don't really have an easy, neat answer for that because I think every household has its like, everybody's dealing with some kind of crazy in their household. So I, th- <laughs> mm. I think it's tough. And personally, like, I would, if, I mean, parents, if you can hold that down, don't be charging your kids rent because it's hard in the economy and whatnot. Um, but again, every household has its crazies. Every its household needs, has its needs, yeah. Precisely. And it's like, rather than mandating it, and I know it's different for everybody, um, rather than mandating it, it would be nice if, you know, kids, if you do see like your parents are struggling, not to say that it's like a, you have to do it, mm. but it's nice every once in a while mm. to like contribute where you can financially. Yeah. And I will, of course, preface and say cost of living crisis. We know, girl, yeah, we yeah, know, yeah, yeah. We, feel, we felt it. Um, So those are the kind of things that I would say to folks who are still living in their parents' houses. To the folks that are living outside of their parents' houses, I think that, one, you already have the advantage of not living with your parents. So that's like, a oh, distance, but also, damn, she can actually fend for herself because she's now living outside of my domain. So it's like the, the relationship shifts already. And it actually shifts from one of being around somebody all the time and the close proximity giving rise to, you know, I have some kind of like control over you too. How do I actually ensure that I'm still in close proximity and um, intimacy with my parents? Because one thing that I've found like in moving away is it can actually be really hard, especially when you're managing a career, friendships, glowing and growing, all of this stuff to actually stay in touch with your family Mm. and stay in touch with your parents Mm. and stay clued in. So you actually have to do a lot more things, a lot more intentional stuff to make sure that your parents are actually part of the picture and feel more um, involved in your life. I think in terms of like independence, again, that distance, really, really helpful. Um, Having couples or like scheduled checkups and stuff like that with your parents, dropping in when you can to go and see them, um, but making sure that you don't stay over, just pack your bags. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't be tempted because parents, I look, you'll leave and come back for a day and be, oh, why don't you stay over? Oh, why don't you stay over for the week? Oh, you know, you can come back anytime. And that's what it turns into. I, I was, that's what the conversation is. Well, to be fair, my mum isn't around, but my mum doesn't do that. <laughs> really? Oh, my mum is, what time is your train? Go I'm home. screaming. My mum is the opposite. <laughs> she'll be like, oh, I've cooked for you. Oh, you're going. I've no, just she'll do dinner. that too. She'll do, but I think my mum knows that I'm not going today. <laughs> so you've made that unless i told you i'm coming to stay i'm not going to stay you made that clear my mom is still like ah renee going so soon (laughs) meanwhile i've been there from tuesday to following tuesday um so having those boundaries for yourself when you do interact with them to kind of signpost okay hey like i love you care for you all that kind of stuff but i do also live my own life Mm. and i do need to go Mm. um is super important and i think that for those of you that also have siblings, because that can also change the, change the dynamic considerably. You might have, for example, a couple of siblings that are still living in the house. Right. Um, or if you are a person that's currently living with your parents and your siblings have moved out, that can cause a lot of pressure mm. because it's like, 
how come your siblings are here doing up independent and, and you, you are, are still, still here? Right. So for the sisters that may be in that situation, again, I think it's about being um, cultivating that relationship with your parents intentionally. And also, if you can build a relationship where you can actually be transparent about the fact that, you know, you may be saving for something or that mm. you're very distinctive from your siblings. So mm. you have different goals. Because yeah. I think sometimes parents as well can kind of project that, you need to be like your older right, sister comparison. or like, there we go, comparison, leverage comparisons or they have this overall overarching narrative as to where all of their kids need to end up. And that can cause quite, not just tension between you and your parents, but tension amongst the family with your siblings. So I think it's also trying to communicate with your parents in that way, but also leveraging the relationship that you may have with your sibling that has moved out as well to try and get that buy-in as well. It's all about like, it's politics. It really is politics within the household. But I have spoken for a lot. So call me, please. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's everything that you said is spot on. I think when you're trying to gain independence within the house, I guess to add to what you were saying, try and have conversations just about mature things. Like I would try to have conversations with my parents about like relationships, politics, work, career, social issues. Mm. Um, and I think through conversation, they could see maturity. Um, and I think when you even outline to your parents this is my perspective on the world they'll be able to see okay so if you were in the world this is how you would navigate that's actually quite mature your understanding of independence your understanding of maturity or your mature understanding of the world is what puts confidence in us that even though you are not presently in those situations if you were you're you make sense like you have mm. common sense enough for us to trust that you would navigate the world appropriately and in a way that we could trust so we would be happy to let you sit in that driver's side i think another thing that can hold our parents back from really giving us the independence that we desire is we speak immaturely or mm. we act immaturely or the way we think and perceive things is also immature and so just to signal to them that actually the way I understand the world I'm not going to be out here doing foolishness right um I also think it's good to just like you said spend time with your parents outside of them parenting you but actually just developing friendship mm. um, and developing relationship that can be maintained outside of the household once you do eventually move out if that is your desire um but also your parents may decide to move out before you do so for example like I know especially if you are from an ethnic family your parents may decide to move back home so like mm. to wherever it is they come from and they kind of depart from you there's also that sense of guilt that may arise in them which is can I actually leave you to go and live my own independence right um, and our parents sometimes have to try and gain independence from us and the way that we can show them that hey you don't have to feel guilty for quote unquote leaving me um is I'll be fine without you like I'll actually be fine without you being super close mm. um and not even in the same country in some cases I'll actually be okay and I know a lot of our parents may be waiting for us to demonstrate to them that we'll be all right um before they kind of make leaps in their own lives and do things which matter to them um, and that they've always dreamt of. And so sometimes it's not even just about, uh, I feel guilty for the fact that I want to leave or I'm struggling to gain my independence. Sometimes our parents are also battling with how do I gain my independence from this child, right? Um, as funny as it may sound. Um, 
and that's just from a place of care. That's just from a place of duty and a sense of duty. Um, I think for those who are outside of the household, though, you've kind of done the majority of the work already mm. because <laughs> when you don't, you know, see somebody every day and you're not, you know, you're not negotiating things and day-to-day life with each mm. other, um, it's easy for them to see you as an adult because they haven't talked to you for 24 hours. They know that you're okay yeah. um, kind of thing. And I do want to speak to those of us who we may be in the house but we are already hyper independent and our parents see that, but they don't want to give us the physical distance because they need us. And I think a lot of people fall into that category Mm. because eldest daughter syndrome or your parents have put on you a lot of false responsibility or a lot of financial, emotional, um, relational responsibility in the household that actually whilst they can acknowledge you for being an independent person they will not let you gain full independence from them because they are actually relying on you for something and I think that is probably the hardest dynamic to navigate especially Mm -hmm. if you are maybe a young caregiver or you are somebody who takes um, a lot of responsibility over the caregiving of your siblings or the financial responsibility in the household you may be dealing with extreme feelings of guilt when it comes to actually wanting to physically remove yourself from this household because you have the capacity, you have the brain width, um, and you have been equipped to do so, but you know that if you were to leave, the house could crumble, right? So I kind of wanted to talk to people who were dealing with that degree of false responsibility, especially on the back of our eldest daughter syndrome uh, episode, which you should definitely go and listen to. Mm. Um, I think it's important to talk to people who are like but I am independent I do have these conversations my parents do see me as a friend they also see me as a sister they also see me as a husband they also see me as a wife they like and my parents see me as a mother I'm sorry and my siblings see me as a mother how do I then leave a household where I am so vital yeah yeah first of all you need to encourage independence in all of these different relationships Mm. that you're holding down in the household right I would say try and start with your siblings because they're some low-hanging fruit and then start (laughs) (laughs) let's get you guys in order first get you guys in order first and then move on to your parents Mm. because often yeah it's just a lot easier to start with the siblings I think in nurturing those as much as it's great to have like younger siblings and you have that relationship with them you need to also encourage them to a be more independent but also b be dependent on your parents right okay they need to transform that relationship with their um parents as well because it's not just it's actually not your responsibility your responsibility to be anybody's mother before your time yeah and that can like genuinely really be so tricky to manage because it's like when you're used to being the go-between between between your siblings and your parents, you become the advisor, you become the, that you're in that weird liminal space of being both um, mother, but also child. So I think, try and encourage your siblings and if you can have candid conversations with your siblings about getting their ish together too, because you can't be the like, get out of jail card. You can't be the person that they always come and vent out their frustrations Mm -hmm. to. And I think also try and cultivate a relationship where you feel comfortable sharing too, that you need support and help. I think sometimes when you are in that position of hyper-independence, 
you're so used to forfeiting your own needs that it can become quite difficult to articulate your needs to mm. both your parents but also your siblings mm. and let go of this whole idea that if you are for example the eldest daughter um or if you do have younger siblings you feel as though you might not be able to depending on the age difference of course but you might feel that you can't come to them about certain right. things yeah, yeah. but you'd actually be surprised that some yeah. of your younger siblings they can really hold it down sure. when they're given the opportunity yeah. to like great my, advisors right like my sisters both of them are 18 going on 19 can't believe they're this old Whoa. um i know I can't believe they're this old. There's some opportunities where I will actually be like, yo, I need you guys to check up on me yeah. too. Like it's not always me that's yeah. going to be ring, ring on your line yeah. and stuff like that. And having my younger sisters every now, now and again being like, hey, Renee, are you okay? Yeah. Like, um, and me sharing some things and them yeah. actually offering some like thoughts and advice. I'm just like, damn, you guys are actually a lot more mature. Yeah. So it's almost like we're almost perpetuating the same thing that other people's parents mm. do in that we don't allow our younger siblings or our other siblings the space to grow up yeah, and support us. Good. So try and cultivate those relationships with your siblings where you don't foster that dependency. You try and encourage independency as well as try and encourage a more reciprocal um, relationship where you feel comfortable sharing um, and you feel comfortable also like allowing them to hold it down for right. you. Start with and that. And also hold it down in the home. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm not going to be here. Can y'all cook? You know, our parents say go do nothing. So can you, cook? can you clean? Can you, do you have the financial capacity? Like sometimes, even especially if your parents are literally like, guys, we know we can't rely on them for nothing. Yeah. So like, do you get what I mean? And that's in the extreme cases, but we have to be honest, This these sorts of things do exist. Our parents may be stingy or they may be incapable of actually taking care of us. Can I actually trust that you guys will be able to take the fault? Yes, it's another false burden and another false responsibility. But at some point, we have to come to terms with the facts are the facts. You know, yep. if I'm going to be away, can you actually hold yourselves down and hold this household down? So maybe even like equipping them for that as well, equipping them with the knowledge that, okay, you're not going to be here maybe in six months. So in the next six months, we need to get trained in being able to do the things that you did. Even if we didn't see all the things that you were doing, mm. we now need to see them. So, you know, don't just drop drop your siblings with these sudden <laughs> realities of, oh, you were paying half the rent. Now you're going, who's going to pay the other half, you know? Or you were the one who was, I don't know, making sure the light stayed on. Don't be secretive about all this. No. Now it's time to put all of this stuff on the table. If uh, I'm going to remove myself as a factor, you guys now need to be mindful of all these things I was doing, which I may not be doing anymore. Or you now need to take more responsibility of and equipping your siblings, equipping your parents with that knowledge of, hey, I ain't going to be here. Mm -hmm. and this is what I'm not going to be doing anymore. It's actually really important. Mm -hmm. So you're not pulling the rug from under their feet in 100%, that situation. 100%. And then navigating the parental relationship can be very tough. And I would mm -hmm. allow a lot of time to that. Mm -hmm. one it's going to take time just to be realistic. Oh, I, before I moved out, I told my mom like 18 months in advance. You have to. <laughs> I was like, oh, by the way, 2021, I'm out. I'm out of here. You, it, it was a, a big, big 2019. She was like, what are you talking about? Oh, bro, you have to give them, you have to give them some time notice. and then add tax to that time. Exactly. As, you have to hand in your you notice. You have to hand in your notice. This role of eldest daughter, um, unfortunately, I am going on to a greater uh, role of independent grown women. I, I've appreciated all of this experience. Wish um, I would love a great reference. Don't really need it. So, go. you know, love, bid you adieu. I'm out. I'm out in 18 months. I'm out. Now this is this is going to sound tangential but chance up on my bus we'll get to the destination. <laughs> but there's so many factors that go into 
creating the fertile ground for these unhealthy relationships and unhealthy dependencies that our parents have on their kids. Mm -hmm. So when I think of particularly like first generation migrant parents, I think of like loneliness and the fact that they don't have a lot of friends around them or, you know, siblings are not quite close. And it makes me think of just tangentially the importance of sisterhood and what we're building here and what you're hopefully building in real life because you don't want to become that parent if you decide to have a, a child or you don't want to become that person that projects a lot of those issues onto your children in the future um but that was just a tangential um thought that i was thinking of that really impacts the way that and the reasons for our parents sometimes depending on us like when i think of um my relationship with my mom or like my aunties and stuff like that i just think wow like because i've actually cultivated these relationships with you and i can now understand that part of the reason why sometimes it feels as though maybe our relationship is more you know like friendly or like sometimes you do feel as though that I'm the one that's you know um being the parent in certain situations is because of all of these factors that have gone into shaping you into the person that you are and it really makes me harken back to that point around seeing your parents as people and appealing to them as people as well as parents so even in navigating that parental relationship where there's been some parentification or for example you may have had an absent parent um, where you've had to absolve a lot of their responsibilities or you may be coming from a single parent household whatever the situation is First of all, understanding the context behind why this has occurred will help you um, in understanding how to get to its resolution. So try and if you don't know why (laughs) you've got all of these responsibilities or why your parents look at you the way that they do, sit down with them. Mm -hmm. That is the first thing you need to sit down, start those conversations early as Mm -hmm. possible. And talk about like their life, right? Who is their community? Who are the people that who are the people that they would um, rely on? Is there no one there for mm-hmm. them? And try to understand. Okay, cool. This isn't right, but now that I know, yeah. I know how I'm going to navigate yeah. this conversation moving forward. Yeah. And I know that you're also not doing this out of malice yeah. because usually you're not taking up responsibilities like this out of malice. It's 100%. more so out of survival. 100%. It's a survival mechanism. And most times, your parents do actually. I can say this from experience. Experience, mm. your parents do actually feel guilty yeah. and like upset at the fact that you have to take up this responsibility but what else can they actually Precisely. do so it's like you said it's not out of malice and it's not out of punishment or like you know i, I know that some places culturally it's like yeah. no this is your duty but for some some cultures or for some families sorry this is not about cultural duty we know that what we're doing to you is a false burden and to a degree it's actually unfair but what else can we do in right. this situation right and it's actually a really tough burden to bear yeah. like having honest conversations with my parents as yeah. well it's kind of like damn I feel bad that you feel bad and you feel bad that I feel, I feel bad. bad. Literally, like this circle literally. Of, this complete circle um, of like sadness. It's actually it's, crazy. I remember like when like the first time my mom apologized to me mm. and she was like, I'm so sorry that your childhood was like that. I'm so sorry that you grew up like that. And like it has shaped the way you interact with me. You interact with your siblings. You interact with your father. And she cried. And I was like my brain is shutting down. <laughs> like, lady. I actually don't know what's happening because this is the apology I've always wanted because mm. this is what has always upset me. But to know that you know that this was not right is crazy to me. And that's when I started to have a lot more sympathy about the fact that like your parents have also ended up in a situation which they also know is less than ideal and they also didn't want. Right. And sometimes we, we 
do this whole like I know better so I'll do better but your prob- your parents probably also knew better but found themselves in very unfortunate circumstances yeah, yeah. um and that's the context you're talking about right the the context and the the series of events that have led us to this position right here um and just and I think also because we haven't lived out just as much of life as they have like our parents are sometimes double triple our mm. age right we haven't had as many years of experience they may be looking at us like wait till you really ex- experience life all this theory all this tms podcast and Is all that <laughs> all that cute stuff all that cute little stuff <laughs> wait you till do. you really start getting shaken mm. by life right, right right um then you'll see that it's it's hard. It's easier said than done. There we go. There we go. And this is why even like thinking about TMS and when we think about sisterhood, community, glowing and growing, Mm. it's not just about creating sisterhood relationships with your peers, but also leveraging the wisdom and creating community with women that are vertical, right? Talking to the younger sisters, what they're going through, what's hip right now? Like what's going on? (laughs) What's going on downstairs? What's the kids doing, you know, (laughs) with this TikTok and all that? Um, (laughs) What are the youth doing? And then also thinking about vertical, what, mm. what's going on ma what's yeah. good mom grandma aunties, aunties yeah. pulling them into this community because they too like us may be suffering from loneliness yeah. they too like us may be suffering from poor broken down relationships yeah. the only difference is time and experience yeah. like they've only stacked up more than we have yeah. and it's like this could be the greatest opportunity that you have to lend out a hand and them lending a hand back to you and figuring out how to work through this together. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the situation will transform overnight. In fact, it may be that you may continue in this role for like maybe a couple more like months or even a year or so, but at least there will be concerted effort. A, there's accountability and people are aware of the issue. B, there will be more concerted efforts around like, how do we actually get out of this situation? Mm. Because I think sometimes when you leave things buried it becomes difficult to deal with them Mm. because you can't see them Mm. it's kind of like um when you uh you have like a bed sheet or like you kick stuff under the bed and you're like i'm gonna deal with this later Later. it's still there and it's hard to deal with things that have been kicked under the bed you have to pull them out so it may take time to clean up the mess but at least the mess is now visible for folks to see and then you actually have a helping hand in the the form of the person that you had so much aggression and pent up Mm -hmm. anger towards um in the first place so i think the biggest like thing that i would say overall is these kind of things will take time yeah and it's important to be realistic about yeah. that and adjust your expectations because i think sometimes the problem with like glowing and growing journeys and like self-development is you're going at 100 miles per hour yeah. in your journey and you think that everyone just needs to like come with Catch you and up. come not everybody is able to go at the pace that you want to go so you need to sometimes slow it down you need to adjust your expectations and sometimes you need to meet people where they're at i think we were having um a catch-up with the ladies that are going to tanzania with us um yesterday and we were talking about how do we create communities for women that are Mm. safe like Mm. how do we ensure intimacy and safeguarding and one of the great points that came up was this idea of meeting people where they're at Mm. in these um relationships especially with women all of us are dealing with a lot of stuff especially the people in your family they have been listen to some of the stories that our mothers have to tell incredible Mm -hmm. and incredibly sad Mm -hmm. so i think it's sometimes about how do we meet each other where we're at pull out the messes and then partner up to start picking at them one by one that's really 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 good um that's actually really excellent i I completely agree. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, and I did actually want to say one last thing about those 
who want to flee the nest mm. and your parents are intentionally <laughs> making you feel guilty about wanting to leave them because i have um friends in my sorry because i have friends in my life who um are struggling to like they're grown like they are grown mm. like grown right grown money grown lifestyle grown yeah. but they are struggling to leave their parents because in their head it's like i don't want my parents to be lonely mm. i don't want my parents to be without me i don't want them to grow old on their own and i do think it's important to a if you are in a place where you're thinking okay I want to be there for my parents in their old age. I do think there is a necessary conversation to be had where you just outline and both of you understand that that is the position which you are assuming right. so that you don't have built up resentment or underlying resentment towards the fact that even though they may not have asked for you to stay you felt compelled to stay mm. and which held you back from actually living your own life and so even because there was this unspoken request and there was also an unspoken commitment that all these things actually need to be spoken out okay yeah mm. i am going to stay with you and maybe take care of you in your old age I'm not going to send you to the nursing home or, you know, whatever it may be. But I need that. I need there to be a mutual understanding of the fact that this is the dynamic rather than leaving everything unsaid and mm. making it seem as though, you know, I just don't like that air of assumption that may be there in certain dynamics and relationships, which is, oh, you know, we're getting old. Of course, you're going to stay around and take care of us. But do you know my desires, I my mean, plans, my needs? I mean... Um, and also your parents might not even want you to do that. They may want you to flee the nest. They may want you to take care of them in another way, but actually for you to live your life and thrive, don't assume that that's what your parents want, even if that's cultural tradition, mm. for example. So I think it's worth having a conversation about, okay, let's future cast here. When you guys get old and you know your kids are gonna leave the nest, even the youngest of the youngest is gonna get older, maybe get married, go to university, move away. What do you guys want your lives to look like and mm. how much um how much would that require from us you know is it financial commitment is it actual presence like do we need to move in with you do you need to move in with us I do think that there is and it's different for everybody we can't sit here and like you said universally prescribe once you get to this certain age you shouldn't be living with your parents or your parents shouldn't come and live with you everyone's situation is different everyone's Good. needs are different and unfortunately old age comes with a lot of stuff like I think my grandma passed away in 2019 from diabetes right and my um mum was a huge part of taking care of her but because my mum lived um in the UK and my grandma lived in Ghana it was hard for her to be physically present so she had to make other plans to make sure somebody was constantly physically present and it meant that some of my mother's cousins had to sacrifice actually living with my grandmother to take care of her in her old age these are real life things that can happen who's gonna be there and in what capacity can I be there mm. but I do think there are other examples where your parents don't even need you to be around mm. but you feel like you have to be around yeah. because you'll feel guilty for becoming independent let me tell you something flying the nest is inevitable either you fly or you're gonna die here As in... I'm, I'm being completely 100% honest with you if you don't flap those wings once your parents pass away because it's gonna happen I feel like I'm Aww. the morbid one here on the podcast your parents are gonna die right Oh man! <laughs> we give God glory that they're not dead now however they are gonna pass away and hope the hope is they pass away before you do right 
that means there's going to be a period in your life where you are without your parents mm. and you can no longer live for them. And so as much as we may say, oh, like I'd, I don't want my parents to live without me, da, 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 it's like, well, firstly, they were living before you came. Uh, this is true. They really were. And especially if they're still capable of taking care of themselves, you're going to have to live after they're gone. So at some point, there needs to be this understanding of we both need to practice the fact that I'm not going to be here forever. And I do need to actually spread my wings. And your parents, as much as it may seem as though, especially if you have bared a lot of like false responsibility, as much as it may seem like, oh, my household can't stand without me, I guarantee you for the majority of people, they will figure it out. Mm -hmm. They will actually figure it out. Once you leave, they will figure it out and you will come to negotiations about okay maybe you know this is how we still need you to participate or you know what now that you've gone we can actually hold down the four but you won't know until you make that leap and a lot of us are dealing with guilt because people have become very complacent with our presence and we don't know what it would be like if we were to leave they just wouldn't be complacent anymore they would make it work without you and so test out the waters test out and see if it could actually work um and to a certain degree, when you get to a certain age or a certain level of maturity where you know you need independence for the sake of your future and for the sake of your thriving, you need to stop waiting for people to give you permission to do stuff, right? At a certain age, I do think it's important to remember that your parents are advisors, mm. but they are not the ones who give you permission to do certain things. At some point, sometimes you have to respectfully disagree and be mm -hmm. like, okay, y'all. I hear it. I know you don't like it, but it's, no it's going to have to happen. Don't call them dog, though. Um, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't like, do it's, that. I, I know you don't like it, but it's going to have to happen. And, you know, I hope that you can still love me. You can still you know care for me and yeah maybe i might come back with my tail my tail in between my legs talking about you were right and you can tell me i told you so yeah but at the end of the day our hope is that we we have relationships with our parents where even if we do fail in love they can actually just pick us back up and you yeah. know what it's like that's how life goes sometimes you don't make it if you need to move back home move back home i know um a lot of the sisters during the pandemic had to move back in with their parents and they only just moved out maybe a year or six months before mm. and it's like but that's what parents are there for and it, i think it's one of the most beautiful relationships and this is why we go in on talking about it so much because it's one of the most beautiful relationships you can have in your life where somebody loves you and is supposed to love you literally unconditionally like no matter how messed up you are Yes, there are consequences for your actions, but I am the one with the duty to love you um, and to care for you and to some degree to provide a safety net for you, um, which is why you need to repair those relationships if you do feel like they're broken or you do need to address the toxicity in those relationships because they are so valuable. They are so necessary for the thriving of not just you, but generations to come. Mm -hmm. And so work on repairing those relationships, work on investing in those relationships, but work on navigating any awkwardness in those relationships as well, um, just so that they're healthy and so that you can truly glow and grow with your parents. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why not? That was just a great subtle little <laughs> tidbit there. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Glowing and growing with the parents. Yeah, oh. why not? It's not every day glow up with your girls yeah, and, you true. know, glow up with your man and all of that. How about you level up with your parents? That's true. Too, That's so know? true. Because they are so valuable. I think in my mid-20s now, like to having discussions with my mom and my dad and seeing how hard they're working to like, 
just work, but also like <laughs> they're working to leave us a future and they're, they're bec- my parents are a bit older. And so they are thinking about like, you know, I ain't gonna be here forever. And, you know, I'm retiring and I gotta go up and do things for me and stuff. And my parents are just, they're very independent people and they thrive a lot in their own independence. I think that's where I get it from. But to have that relationship with them where you're like, oh, I actually, I, I've, I spent the majority of my life misunderstanding you and now I kind of understand. I get it. Mm. And I really appreciate you and your holistic story. Um, it has, it's helped our relationship so much. Mm. Like, so, oh, I understand so why are you crazy? Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. And I actually realized now it wasn't you being crazy. It was you trying to protect me or it was you trying to love me. Yeah, as much as I don't interpret it as such, <laughs> I appreciate that that's actually where it was coming from. As much from. as the translation was, <laughs> you know, you translate stuff in Google yeah, Translate. Yeah, it's like, that's not what it's saying at all, no. you know. Um, as much as I interpreted it wrong, this is actually what you were trying to say and what you were actually trying to do. And I think just as we do with friends, just as we do with romantic partners, just as we do with colleagues and people in our lives, there has to be a degree of learning our parents. Mm. And a lot of us don't want to do that because it's like our parents have just always been there. They've yeah. spent the most time with us. They were literally here from the moment we came into the world, they yeah. were there. They were and there. it's like, you can become so familiar with them, but actually try not to, try, mm. try not to be comfortable with them, be safe with them. But, treat them as though they are also worth exploring you know that's beautiful yeah man but sis we hope this episode was helpful we hope that um it gave you some things to think about and so if you do have any thoughts please leave them in the youtube comments down below or if you are listening to the podcast on all streaming platforms you can follow us on instagram at to my sisterhood to get plugged in to the community okay we have amazing content going out literally everywhere instagram twitter tiktok we here having a lot of fun on the tiktok okay and we want you to engage we want you to be in the comments we want you to be responding to stories respectfully though some of (laughs) y'all we'll have a community meeting at the end of we the year. We actually must. We must. <laughs> we must. Some of y'all. There will be a community gathering at the end of this season uh, to address certain things that have been unfolding in the streets of our community. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are actually having a TMS general committee General meeting. assembly. Hustings. General assembly. Oh. General assembly. Some but- of y'all are coming left. <laughs> Lift. but you know what's so beautiful the people who are coming left are usually people who are not plugged into the community fez, fez. but also i actually am so glad that we have a community where when people do disagree with us they can still do so respectfully, respectfully. so you don't have to agree with everything we say here on the podcast even with this episode like we said we're not parents we're not therapists um we may also get things wrong and we just ask that you get you have grace with us um and that we actually engage in conversation not combat like yeah. this is not yeah. arguments this is just because if you do want to go toe to toe we could go toe we can fight we fight world star. okay <laughs> <laughs> we fight just so you know we're not like the rest of these content creators <laughs> that come up here and just be posted and go you're and annoying ah, running away <laughs> grew up on the block baby don't you stick around mess around find out <laughs> you are so- 
but she's not lying so (laughs) we love y'all we really really do we do um but yeah there's so many exciting things happening currently in the tms ecosystem in the tms world in the sisterhood so definitely get plugged in all those announcements at the beginning remember um august challenge walk them ten thousand steps and if you are coming on the sponsored walk make sure that you were signed up and if you can't please do donate please 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 do give um yeah and the tanzania girls will be updating it's august baby tanzania is in tanzania. a couple weeks <laughs> and also please donate it doesn't have to be anything huge no, trust really me like pennies we even. know the cost of living this is yeah. we're in a crisis even if it's like a pound a dollar any little helps yes it really really does please do follow us individually keep up with our individual growing and growing journeys the lovely lady in the red on my right is at renee kapuku remember her name will go down in history and i am at C- <laughs> Romance of me. This, this morning. You're annoying. Oh my god, I'm blushing. Oh, stop. Lady in red, now I'm red. <laughs> and at CD Boating, <laughs> if you want to keep up with me. Sorry guys, I'm so flustered. Oh, what a compliment this, this morning. Oh. And of course, you can make sure to stay up to date with weekly glowing and growing tips by signing up to our mailing list www.tomysisters.com oh my god easy breezy beautiful um so make sure that you are signed up so that you don't miss a beat every single week other than that sisters we wish you well this is we're going into our first week of august oh my gosh mad the year is flying by blessings love prosperity everything that you desire (laughs) amen okay claim it hallelujah yes lord blessings all of it claim it i see it um, <laughs> okay i'm gonna wrap this, this up is the longest outro <laughs> they probably like damn they done um but honestly sisters wishing you all the best with this new month and as always stay glowing and growing Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com